Broadcasting live from the Business Radio X studio in Cumming, Georgia, it's time for Forsyth Business Radio. And hello, friends, and welcome to a very special episode of Forsyth Business Radio. I am your host, Amanda Pierce Marmalejo, and I'm joined by the leadership team of the Preface Project. And if you're a follower of us and Business Radio X, you know that we are enthusiastic supporters of this nonprofit organization, and they are celebrating their fourth annual Literacy Benefit Gala on September 23rd at the Capital City Club. It is my great pleasure to introduce the founder and executive director, JT Wu. Hey, Amanda. Thank you all so much for having us. And also the director of educational standards, Ms. Heather Phillips. Hello. Welcome back, you guys. I'm so excited for you and your continued success. Thank you. It's, it's great to be back. We were talking before the show, and it's hard to believe that this is actually year four. Absolutely. It's a testament to how quickly time flies, but also... All of the great work that you've been able to accomplish and achieve within that four-year period of time. So for those who just might be joining us and they're unfamiliar with your mission, go ahead and uh, share with our listeners what you guys do. Definitely. And, and Heather, you know, you've heard this spiel a thousand times, so feel free to jump in. But, you know, um, so thanks again for, for having us. You know, at Preface, really our goal uh, is to equip our next generation with the foundational literacy skills that they need to succeed, whether that's, you know, in English or in other languages. And so maybe just taking a step back, you know, my background, uh, I'm the son of immigrants. So my mom is, is Filipino Chinese. My dad's Malaysian Chinese. They came to this country for, for education in college and they met at Ole Miss. So they've been in the South for a really long time. And we moved to Georgia and we put our roots down here. And, you know, I was fortunate uh, and, and blessed to be able to, to grow up in an English-speaking household. So mom and dad were able to help me with my homework, make sure that I was, you know, understanding what was going on in class, talking to my teachers, making sure that I was where I needed to be. Um, so thanks to them, you know, had, had a tremendous educational supports growing up. Uh, kind of fast forward 20 years, you know, I went on to college, was in New York for a couple of years, and I came back home and, and really found Gwinnett, but, but Georgia as a whole, uh, in a very different place. You know, right now in Gwinnett County, uh, where we're headquartered, about 57% of our kids still struggle to read English proficiently by the third grade. Uh, you know, statewide, that number is a little bit higher, kind of looking at two thirds of our kids. And that's really a national average as well across the United States. And that's persisted across administrations. It's persisted across decades, really. And so that obviously tugged at some heartstrings. And, and we were like, well, what can we do to support our hardworking teachers in this? Because, you know, goodness knows it's not because the teachers don't love their kids. It's not because the teachers don't know what they're doing. Um, a lot of it is just simply these kids are growing up uh, in households where maybe English isn't spoken in the home. And so maybe you've got mom and dad working multiple jobs to make ends meet. Uh, you know, then you've got a, a little kiddo trying to learn both English and a curriculum in the classroom uh, from a teacher who might not speak that that child's native language and, and doing all of that at the same time. And that can be incredibly challenging for a little one. And so basically what we did at Preface was created a model uh, that is completely no cost to schools designed by expert educators where we train and recruit high school students from within communities, not just here in Georgia, but across America uh, to read to young students uh, and basically do that in small group or one-on-one reading sessions uh, so that they can get uh, these kids where they need to be and bridge those comprehension gaps so that they can be, you know, the successful uh, little ones uh, that we that we all know that they, they can be. And really what we've seen is that kids in our programs are, are gaining in literacy at twice the rate as other kids in their class. Uh, they're, they're doing it, uh, you know, with consistency, with a joy and a love of reading. And, and it's something that has enabled our teachers actually to actually reduce their class sizes as well. You know, they're able to work with smaller groups because the maybe kiddos that need it the most are having this one-on-one -on -one time with a trained peer high school ambassador, as we call mm -hmm. them, uh, and, and getting the opportunity to, to, again, bridge those comprehension gaps and just get on the track to success. I love the, the bridge 
bridging gaps. And I'd love to hear Heather's take on that as she is one of those expert educators. And I do just have to love on Heather here for a second because (laughs) I just learned that she was awarded the teacher of the year. That's right. Um, And that's at Kingsley Elementary School. So congratulations to you. Thank you. Thank you. It is an honor. It's really sweet to uh, get something like that for something that I love to do. And that when you work doesn't feel like work, it's very special. So thank you. Of course. And that's just a testament to the quality of executive leadership that is on your team so that they can help kind of pave the way for the youth. Absolutely. We're so blessed to have, you know, amazing educational partners, you know, like Heather. Uh, I'd be remiss if we didn't talk about some of the other amazing administrators and teachers that mm-hmm. are on our team, not just from here in Georgia, but across the country. You know, we've got over 85 years of, of educational experience across all levels, you know, high school, elementary school, middle school, uh, on administration in the classroom. And so it's really helped us create this holistic program that I think is, is innovative. It's, it's doing some really incredible things at really low cost to our schools. And, and we're doing it all backed by kind of national best practices and, and you know, the neurolinguistics of, of how kids learn to read and what is really most effective in the classroom. Talk about your experience with Heather from the teacher's um, perspective, because you kind of, you get to see both sides of the coin. Yeah. So I'm curious. Absolutely. So as JT said, it's really sweet for us teachers on our side of things because with so many kids, you want to be able to meet with each and every one of them in small groups or in one-on-one sessions, but there's just not enough time in the day. There's not enough time in the school day. And so that's truly impossible, especially when you have uh, over 30 kids in your class. Um, So this allows you to have that kind of individualized time with your students, but also um, to curate the time when they're meeting with their ambassadors that they, you know, they're building that relationship, you know, they're getting to read, you know, that they are growing and learning in that time. And you um, are able to kind of like not put your hands on them as the teacher, but you can trust because of the model that Preface has built and the leadership that is in the ambassadors and that those mentors kind of have um, the knowledge that they are bringing to the table. Like you can just trust that when your students are meeting with their ambassador, they are thriving and they are learning. And that just is such a wonderful feeling, even if they don't get to a book that day or they just end up talking about something that is like on the student's heart. Like me as a teacher, I am so happy that that occurred and that could not happen without preface. I love, and our listeners can't see the joy on your face, but I know that you can hear a smile. So I know you heard that great big smile on Heather's face. The curriculum that you talked about in the learning models, that takes um, some intention to build and then put them into place and see them, you know, create success. I would love to learn more about those models that you create. Absolutely. So just to break it down to the basics. Um, When we were kind of building this model and thinking about, okay, what do we want it to look like? What do we want the ambassadors to understand? And what do we want this time? Because like we said, time is so sacred. What do we want this time with the students to be? And I guess selfishly kind of thought, okay, if I could clone myself to meet one-on-one with each and every kid, knowing what I have learned from both my education background in school and just my um, time in the classroom with students, um, what would I want them to be able to bring to the table? And so we kind of planned a small group session. It's basically what teachers do in our reading groups is allowing you know students to have their um their voice heard and then to be able to read and to be able to um, learn their sight words and learn their phonics and kind of have their individualized needs met. 
Um, so the model's pretty much just like building a baseline of having a goal um, for that reading session, picking a book. Usually it's one based on the student's interests and then um, a phonics goal it could be or sight words, which is those words that you can just name right off the bat, but you can't necessarily sound out. So, yeah. I know I like sometimes talk teacher talk, so I have to kind of break it down and be like, no, okay, this is what a side word is. Sound it out. Yes. Give me an example of the phonics. So for example, if the student is in kindergarten and they are learning about that letter A sound, that ah, ah of short A, um, and they're reading a book, they might, you know, go through the book and point out the pictures that have like cat or apple or things like that with their ambassador. And then they'll read the book together. And then afterwards, the student would go through and be asked to, okay, go find, point to one of those a words or what can we build that with you know like let's do it with our hands let's Mm -hmm. write it down let's build it with magnet letters or whatever they have or like type it on the keyboard whatever just to kind of apply their knowledge I love that and I think one of the things that we're super excited about building on that is is that one of our core philosophies was empowering this next generation of student leaders Mm -hmm. to be able to serve and to give back you know without having to wait 40 years and making a million dollars to to do something philanthropic they can do this in their own backyards they can do this during the school day during free periods that they might have Uh, you know I think COVID was a very interesting time for a lot of us but one of the Uh, things that it did develop was it it caused a lot more technology adoption, I think, across the board in our schools, uh, but with our students as well. So now, you know, you've got most elementary school students with Chromebooks, and and that's become a part of of life uh, in the classroom. And so, you know, we don't want to throw out the baby with the bathwater when it came to, uh, you know, saying, okay, well, we love in-person learning, but that doesn't mean we can't do digital tools and tactics as well. And so one of the, I think, real cool innovations that we've done together as a preface team is uh, built out this, this virtual portal. So all of the training, and all of the modules that Heather just described uh, are available online for any high school student to register, to go through, to train themselves on. And you can do it, you know, you can do it in an hour, you can do it in, in two weeks. It's mm-hmm. self-directed. But at the end of that process, they meet with our team. We have a one-on-one, what we call credentialing session with them, where we make sure that, you know, you actually did listen to and absorb the things that, that we were talking about um, before we even send you out to be paired uh, and into a classroom with an actual student and with a teacher. And so there's a lot of different pieces behind the scenes where we're matching schedules availability. We're matching demographic characteristics to try to make sure that the little kiddos that are getting paired with their ambassadors have as much in common as possible so that not only are they getting the educational benefit, but they're getting that relationship benefit as well. And then that's something that's really been important because now you see these kids going from being shy in the classroom to having just a boundless confidence and being excited to looking forward to their reading sessions and and thinking that their high school ambassadors are superheroes. And that supercharges a love of learning uh, in a way that, that is pretty indescribable. Speaking of babies and bathwater, oh, shout, <laughs> shout out to Earth Baby, who year over year That's right, is one of your largest contributors and supporters. Yes, they're they're a fantastic company. You know, they're based out of uh, California, but they create and manufacture organic and child friendly baby products. Um, so from hand sanitizers to shampoos to bath, uh, you know, soap and things like that. And, and it's been incredible. Their founder was an orphan, and so her, her kind of path to uh, where she is today really started in books and it was all kind of grounded in that fundamental concept of, of literacy and being able to take in and, and understand and engage with the world around her. And so this was a mission that was really close to her heart and we're super blessed and super grateful uh, to continue to have their support year after year. It really does open up a whole new world for children. You know, I remember as a youngster and even today when you just read a book, especially fiction, and you allow your mind to kind of 
manufacture the characters and the storyline. You know, it's really just an exciting world once you're able to kind of crack open a book. I think I just really kind of jumped into things and I want to rewind here for a second. For those of you listening, um, we're in studio today with a special episode of Forsyth Business Radio highlighting the Preface Project. Um, They're celebrating their fourth year with their annual benefit gala. And for those of you who don't know what the Preface Project is, you can visit them online at www.prefaceproject.com. And they are a 501c3 that empowers communities to combat early childhood literacy and secure foundational educational opportunities for the next generation. We are seeing it here firsthand as they are on the ground and they're doing great work, not only in our local community, but worldwide. Absolutely. Thank you. Thank you. And it's, I mean, it's absolutely a team effort and and we couldn't do it without our educational partners on the ground. You know, when we put the preface model together, we talked to teachers and said, look, we don't want to be prescriptive. We don't want to tell you how to do your jobs. That's, I'm certainly not qualified for that. Heather probably has more qualifications on that than I do. I definitely do not. Uh, But what we said was, how can we help? You know, tell us what you need. Tell us what you want. We're all, you know, at the time, probably naive, but ambitious as well. And we wanted to build something uh, that could be a great, very easy to use tool for teachers all across the the country and to your point, the world, uh, to be able to take localized, customized, uh, to meet the needs of their own individual communities and then deploy. And so we recognize that, you know, the language and uh, literacy needs in a place like uh, Dothan, Alabama are going to be a lot different from Brooklyn, New York, right? But we've seen success across those kinds of demographic and state lines because the way that we design the model is so foundationally relevant to, hey, these are sight words. These are comprehension questions. This is how, you know, you should read to a kid. Um, But the curriculum aspect of it, the actual books that are being read, the topics that are being discussed are driven very much by the elementary school on the ground and by the teachers and who are, you know, overseeing their own classrooms. And Mm -hmm. so we've partnered with folks like the good people at Google and at Zoom and at Epic, which is a platform that houses over 10,000 books mm-hmm. uh, across a variety of grade levels and reading levels and topics and languages uh, to make sure that our ambassadors are equipped with everything that they could possibly need to succeed and that all of those things are complementary to what all of our teachers you know, are already doing on the ground. Right. And so to your point about global impact, we're in conversations now because, you know, in America, English is the is, is kind of the main language and the main currency of a lot of education. Uh, but if you take that across the pond, you know, we've got um, – a lot of globalization and a lot of uh, cross-cultural immigration that is happening, uh, particularly, you know, for our friends in the European Union. Mm -hmm. And you talk about Italy, for example. They've got certainly folks that they would like to learn Italian um, and and kind of get uh, familiar with that language and and culture in the schools, very much in the same way that we're, you know, talking about English in our classrooms. And Mm -hmm. so linguistically and from a neurological perspective, a lot of those language acquisition models are quite similar. And Mm -hmm. so we've been in conversation with them on how can we tweak and deploy the tactics and the research-driven best practices that we've seen work here at Preface that are bringing kids from functionally illiterate to reading at or above grade level in as little as 10 weeks uh, and taking that, you know, across the pond and into, into other places where some of those needs might be, sure, different from a language perspective, but functionally and fundamentally very similar to what yeah. we're doing here in the States. Out of my own personal curiosity, how would you even begin to do that? Let's say, because you keep saying across the pond, let's just say England. Sure. You wanted to implement this in England. You keep talking about the importance of your educational partners. Do you currently have educational partners in England or how would you find them in order to partner with them and launch the program? It's a great question. You know, I personally am so grateful for service organizations. I'm a member of the Rotary Club uh, of Duluth. I know certainly a lot of our greatest connections and our greatest kind of uh, networking opportunities when it comes to brainstorming innovative things like this come 
very much from those kinds of organizations where you've got like-minded folks uh, thinking about ways that they can introduce innovations and things that work into their own community. And so, you know, just the other week, we were uh, talking to an international Rotary Club, the Rotary Club of Worldwide Impact, uh, that had members from, you know, over a dozen countries represented on that call. And so some of them were saying, hey, this would actually be something that, you know, we would love to explore in the Netherlands or in Dubai or other places. And so just being able to open those lines of communication, you know, our biggest advocates, I can sit here and talk as a dumb business guy or dumb, you know, executive guy all day. The, the really, the, the best folks are the teachers on the ground and the parents who see the impact uh, that this is having in the lives of kids. And so when we're able to kind of foster those connections and meet up with like-minded educators uh, from wherever they might be, uh, we can usually find a way to make something work because our model is inherently so customizable and so driven and so tailored to local needs. Heather, do you have anything to add? No, I was just going to agree completely. I think that because um, we're kind of trailblazers in the way that we connect these high school ambassadors with the elementary school students, um, it doesn't necessarily have to stop at English um, in local elementary schools in America. It can be for any language. It can be technically for any subject if that um, were to fit someone else's needs. Like if you have an expert that is a little bit older to be a mentor to someone younger and be able to teach them about whether it's science or whether it's math, like it it could also work. There's still gaps in that knowledge. So I think that that's something really sweet about this model is that it's not – like JT said, it's very customizable. Customizable. It's not just in a box, and so I think that's like something really cool and allows us to be worldwide. Is it too late for someone to become a sponsor or to contribute? We're or? always looking for for you know uh, donation partners and sponsors and, and corporate supporters. You know, one of the very exciting things that we love to do is is a thing we've established called the Legacy Gift Program, which is where for every single elementary school that we partner with, uh, doesn't matter where they are, um, we will work with the educators on the ground uh, to create, curate, and then donate a gift of, of brand new uh, children's books uh, from a, an amazing source. We, we work with a vendor called First Book, and they're, they're brand new, representative, and often multilingual books. So oh. we're able to give a library of, you know, 150 to 200 brand new books so that it's not just the literacy sessions that are kind of the gift with preface. You've got this legacy of learning that is, you know, physical and, yeah. and tangible for these school libraries for generations to come. And so certainly if there are any parents or teachers or, or even interested high school students who are listening on this uh, on this radio broadcast, we would love to get in touch with all y'all. can go to our website, prefaceproject.org, um, and there's an information page. You can fill it out. We would love to get in touch with you. Um, if for no other reason, then we love giving books away uh, to, to kids mm-hmm. across the country and across the world. Um, but to your point, there are also a lot of different ways to get involved. From a corporate perspective, we love having corporate volunteers. We partner with sororities, fraternities, large corporations, small corporations, you name it, um, to host kind of community champion is what we call them, community champion reading sessions where, you know, the, the kind of core preface model is in that small group kind of one-to-one peer-to-peer setting. Uh, but for older volunteers, um, they're able to kind of zoom in to elementary school classrooms across the country at a time that works for them, give a reading session, be a guest reader, and kind of keep that, it's very read across America, you know, yeah. kind of feel going. Uh, but to do that, you know, across the, across the school year. And so that's been a really fun thing to offer our partners as well. Your enthusiasm is admirable. Where was it born? I think it was just born from the students in my classroom. I I really truly do love what I do and I enjoy and I think that that is like something a very it's a gift and a blessing um, to be able to go into work and enjoy what I do and see the light bulbs flash in my students' eyes and see them just like get something that they haven't been able to get or keep working on, you know, a certain word or sentence and being able to get it. I think that is like 
something that you just don't forget very easily. And to be able to train or just show other students, like other high schoolers, that experience with another child, I that's where my love for it comes because I just know that feeling personally and I want everyone to feel that way and see what it's like to like watch the light bulb turn on and this student just like go from having such low self-confidence to completely believing in themselves and having that feeling of like they can do anything. They can do that. They can read cat. They can do it all. Talk about a success story, JT. Yeah, I mean, I, I couldn't agree more with with Heather. And you know, I think it's it's amazing watching uh, little kiddos go um, and, and and start to embrace that love of learning, you know, on their own. And I think that's kind of what drove me to begin with to, to kind of found and continue to lead Preface alongside the amazing team that I have the pleasure of working with every single day. Is you know, my parents came to this country uh, for an education, and they instilled in me the value of an education at a young age. And I think that is so foundational to what the American dream is, right? And if we can give our next generation that educational opportunity uh, to be able to read, to be able to understand what's going on, and then to be able to grow into themselves in that way and to be seen and validated and heard for who they are. Um, Not only is that going to be great for them, but for us as a country, right? I mean, globalization, multiculturalism, you know, the interconnectivity of the world, that's not going away. And so what an amazing advantage that can be for our communities, right? To have kiddos who can speak English and Spanish and Chinese and Vietnamese and Korean, um, and to be able to capture that and harness that, uh, you know, in pursuit of a better world, that's a really exciting thing for us. And so when you talk about success stories, I mean, gosh, I think they're they're endless, right? I mean, we we go into classrooms and on the first day, kids are shy. They don't want to engage. They're they're scared of reading. And, you know, I think one that I have in mind is there was a little girl who, uh, you know, didn't even want to admit that she knew Spanish. Um, You know, when you're a a young child uh, in a a different environment, the last thing you want to do is to stick out, right? Right. And the last thing you want to do is call attention to yourself and be different. And so um, over the course of working with her ambassador who did speak Spanish, you know, she was from a Spanish speaking home. Um, you know, 10 weeks later, it was, they were conversing just as fluently and just as easily in English and Spanish. And you kind of saw that light in her eyes and her Mm -hmm. teacher came up and told us afterwards, you know, Hey, she, she has grown by leaps and bounds. Now she's, you know, really participating in class and she's contributing. And, um, I think, you know, again, we can't claim all the credit, but Mm -hmm. I do think a large portion of that is the relationships that these students have been able to build with our ambassadors, um, who are meeting them where they are, Mm -hmm. you know, whether that's in English, whether that's in Spanish or otherwise, and they're reading things that they want to read about. They're talking to them about things that they want to talk about. And all throughout that, they're learning. How many languages are you able to accommodate students in? I mean, the the, the list is endless, right? Endless? I mean, Good. so it's funny because I feel like every time we go through recruitment, there are languages there that I hadn't even New realized that, yeah. that were being spoken. You know, one of our first partner schools, Burkmar High School uh, over in Gwinnett County, actually had 80 countries represented in that student body alone. And so, you know, we worked with them, uh, with Lilburn Elementary, who was one of the other schools in that area. And, and between those two schools, I mean, you've got, it's a veritable United Nations over there of, of countries and languages and flags. And so, you know, just the other day we were having students supply and they were, you know, in Korean and French and German. Somebody spoke West African pidgin English, which was very interesting. Wow. So, you know, I think there's just all sorts of different uh, languages and, and exciting things. But the preface model isn't only for multilingualism, mm-hmm. right? It works right. certainly uh, across languages, but it works English to English as well. And I think that's because we're pairing kids up, uh, you know, with similar demographic profiles who can relate to each other's life experiences where the ambassador could be like a big brother or a big sister mm. to this child. Um, and it really, it had, the results have been evident across not just English to other language, but English to English too. Mm. I like that. You keep using the word ambassador, but it sounds to me like a mentor, mm-hmm. you know, and I'm Absolutely. sure they form a relationship that lasts for many years. 
Certainly. I mean, we just this past year had uh, one of our uh, f- former ambassadors, one of our first ambassadors, uh, come back and intern with us. Um, and so she's been producing, you know, things about, hey, these are things that I, you know, learned during my time as an ambassador that might be helpful for all of y'all in the next generation oh, of ambassadors. Great. And so being able to give back, you know, she's actually now studying child development and psychology at, at a fantastic institution here in the South. And, you know, she's told us, you know, it's the experience with Preface and working hands on and getting to spend time with a kiddo and being a part of their learning journey. Uh, that, that really drove that for me. And I think for us, you know, we have a scholarship program that, that we have for kids in all of our operational states that we, uh, you know, execute at the end of every single year. And we want to encourage a spirit of service, whether or not you're serving with us, you know, that's really important. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I think that's one of the things that makes a lot of this worthwhile too, is being able to pour back into the high school students, mm-hmm. um, you know, while they're serving with us and, and even afterwards as well. Oh, sorry. I was just going to speak on that mm-hmm. a little bit as well, because I think a lot of times we do, and it is a lot of for the younger elementary students and teaching them that um, baseline literacy. But we have such a huge impact with the high school students as well. And I think that's like such a wonderful, wonderful element of preface is that these ambassadors are able to, it's so customizable for them to be able to get involved. They can, like JT said, I think at the beginning, it can be a free period in class. It can be after school. It can be before school, even because of how different um, times elementary school starts and high school start. And it is there. A lot of them are able to get involved with preface when they can't get involved in a lot of other organizations due to sports or due to jobs or due to just lack of access um, as far as like resources getting to and from place. So I think that that is something really, really sweet is that um, the high school students are able to kind of, you know, step away from themselves and get involved in something bigger than them and really get these, um, get on the ground with these kids and make relationships. And I know that the relationships are such a huge, huge, um, they make a huge, huge impact on these elementary school students. But I think they're also really, really, really important for the high school students as well. I would agree. And it's giving them something constructive to participate in. It's giving them the opportunity to share their talents Mm -hmm. with with someone else. Absolutely. You know, and building off that, we're a presidential volunteer service organization as well. And so to be able to offer those kinds of awards and recognition for high school kids, and again, to say leadership and your service journey can start now. You mm-hmm. don't have to wait for three, four, 10, 15 mm-hmm. years to get involved. You can start giving back. And especially during COVID when there were you know, very limited mm-hmm. options, I think, for, for service and engagement, this has been a great way to kind of pour into the next generation of student leaders. Mm-hmm. You said something about learning journey and that is so true learning is a continual journey Mm -hmm. we learn every single day no matter what age i think if when we stop learning then that's when we die (laughs) absolutely so what has been something exciting about your journey what have you learned over these past four years in creating this wonderful program that has helped so many succeed Oh, Either one of you. Something that you have learned <laughs> right, over these Let me talk slowly and then I'll kick it over to Harry. That's a great question also because that is like something I think so important is to that we are lifelong learners and learning doesn't always happen in a straight line as much as we want. And I wish we could say that, and I'm not trying to speak for you, JT, no, no. but that the learning as far as preface has been like just in a straight uphill climb because that would be a lie honestly it is oh absolutely a journey that's with its ups and its downs and sometimes you learn from your mistakes yes of course (laughs) no yeah I, I completely agree with that I mean I think one of the most exciting things for us was just seeing how willing folks were uh to to dive in and support you know learning innovations and educational innovations for our next generation you know I think a lot of times 
um, sometimes there's this perception of like, oh, well, you know, it's the work you're doing might be a drop in the bucket. Like, why do it at all? Right. And, you know, we would love to solve childhood illiteracy. Obviously, I don't (laughs) think any of us are going to be able to do that alone. But with the preface model, what we wanted to do, you know, we work for the organization pro bono. So none of my leadership team or I take a salary. Um, We do this completely because we believe in the mission and we designed it so that it could run in perpetuity on on really, really low cost basis. Mm -hmm. We have very little overhead. You know, the donations that we get go directly to helping students and to furthering the growth of the program. Uh, And so I think, well, as we're putting all that together, we just very, very deliberately decided that that was the way that we wanted to structure this model um, so that we could give those opportunities to the next generation kind of, you know, in perpetuity almost. And so that's why we're really excited about our annual gala every single year where we're able to bring our friends, our supporters, our policymaker allies, you know, literacy is not a partisan thing, right? I think everybody wants a next generation that, um, is equipped to succeed and then that can you know be really great members of, of our country and our society um, and so you know whether you're a Republican or a Democrat or independent we've been really blessed to have allies from across the political spectrum and so every year at our gala we're, we're proud to host representatives and even the officials themselves mm-hmm. you know from the governor's office to the senators all down um, who, who have just been incredibly great supporters of our mission and who see the value in investing early in the next generation and making sure that they can succeed and so you know, that's one of the things I think that we particularly love getting up and, and being able to do every single day is just finding new ways to bring even more allies on board mm-hmm. um, because again it's the, the perception that people are okay with the status quo I think is is the, an incorrect one and particularly when it comes to education with the learning loss that we had during COVID um, you know, I, I think it's never been more important uh, to kind of invest in literacy in the next generation in these kinds of ways well we rise by lifting others and that's certainly what Absolutely. you guys do Heather well, we do our best yeah, I would completely agree with that. I think that something that we learned for sure is that it is not like it, maybe at first we were trying to target like, okay, well, if we say it this way, you know, maybe we can get these people on board or like maybe like it'll seem like for the teachers it's it's easier for them, which it is. But at the end of the day, we're all on the same team. Right. Absolutely. And I think once we kind of like, we're like, wait, we need to get out of our own way and just realize how much this is just all of us in together, um, it becomes so much easier. I've never asked you guys this, and you think I'd know because I've known you for a while now, but I would love for you to share the story about how you two became partners in Preface and how you decided to team up to um, take the world by storm. Oh, yeah. Wow, that's, that is quite the uh, intro. Throw- I love it. That's a throwback. I love it. I know. You should you should chime in here, Heather, too. I, will, I have no qualms in saying that I asked Heather for her advice because she was way smarter than me, and I was like, hey, I need an educator who knows what is going yeah. on in the classroom every single day. Like, I have this idea. I feel like there's a an issue. You know, we'd heard about the literacy crisis and things, and I was like, I would love to know how to help, but I also am more than aware of my own limitations and that I don't know how to help. So I was like, hey, Heather, you know, we went to church together, um, and we started talking. And, you know, as you can tell, she's incredibly smart and incredibly driven. And I think we just kind of hit it off. So it started just with a conversation about a need that you wanted to. Yeah. So basically, JTA was talking about preface and he had, you know, he's. Wait, you already had the name picked out? It, it, I think I think I, we were <laughs> been circling it. Was, it. Yeah. Yeah. It, Either way, as you can tell, JT speaks with such confidence and like I was believing every word. He, I was like, yes, what he's selling, I'm buying. And it was like not even, it was just this idea and this like desire to love on kids in this way and just kind of like was really 
just this up in the air, I feel like. It was pretty, it was a white paper, basically. Mm-hmm. You know, we had done a policy review. We had gone through, I don't know, we had checked the boxes from like an academic perspective. But as any teacher will tell you, academics and execution are completely different things yeah. when it comes to teaching. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, yeah, I'm grateful for Heather. Yeah, well, so he was just talking and I was like, hey, that sounds like it's up my alley. I love that. And here we are. Wow. I tricked her. And now so she, now that she's was, here. okay, so. we're celebrating year four. So one would say that the concept maybe originated a year prior to that and then implementation. So really you guys, this was bred about five years ago. Yeah, that's right. You guys have had some measurable success. Mm-hmm. Now I asked you last year, I'm going to ask you again, where you see yourself in the next three, five, 10 years, Yeah, the organization or yourselves, you can chime in with that. <laughs> and last year you told me that you hope to be in about 20 to 25 states. Yeah. No, I mean, God willing, I think that's that's certainly our, our hope. You know, we want to, again, as, as we've talked about, continue to grow the model, continue to show the success, and, and really, if nothing else, just get it into the hands of as many students, teachers, and parents as possible. Uh, again, it's no cost to schools. So from our perspective, we've built out the infrastructure. We have proven that the model works. We've got the research to back it up. We've got the data. Um, we actually just finished, and we're pretty excited about this, um, an investment in a proprietary preface portal. And so now, instead of you know having to deal with a lot of scheduling and logistics and things manually on the back end, all of our new ambassadors, all of our teacher and school liaisons are going to have access to this one website, prefaceportal.org. And they're going to be able to go in, they're going to be able to see their matches, log their sessions, choose the books that they want their ambassadors to be reading, register how all those sessions went, click on the links directly within the portal. And it's going to really streamline and simplify the experience uh, for not just our ambassadors, but for our school partners and our school district partners as well. You know, you mentioned the 14 states. We're proud to be a preferred high-impact tutoring partner of Gwinnett County Public Schools. We work with some of the largest school systems across the country and, and in those 14 states. And so for us, it's just continuing to find partners, continuing mm-hmm. to, to see where we can be um, good friends and allies and neighbors, uh, to yeah. these and neighbors to these systems. Because, again, it, it takes two to tango. I mean, we recognize that this isn't always going to be the right fit for every single school or every single district. Um, but we want it to have, be an available option. We want folks to be aware that – you know, there is this method that is that is backed by science, that is peer-to-peer engagement, that is multilingual mentorship, um, and that is, again, producing results for, for our next generation. You said tango. You keep just opening these doors for me, man. Hey, come on now. Speaking <laughs> of tango, one of the things that I enjoy so much about the gal, and I can speak from experience and attendance, mm-hmm. is we boogie. Oh, All right. Yeah. We do. Not oh, only yeah. is the food fantastic, not only is there a premium bar, but there's also a dance floor and we like to have fun. Yes. So tell me what you foresee for year four as we go and we celebrate together at the Capital City Club in Atlanta. Yeah. Heather, you want to talk about the party? You want me to do it? We can both do it. It's a party. Let's tag team because right. it's always one of the best events of the year <laughs> in my book. Absolutely. I couldn't agree more. So I'll kick it off. You know, we're really excited to be partnering with the Capital City Club downtown in Atlanta this year, obviously. Uh, an historic institution and, and an incredibly beautiful venue, mm-hmm. an incredibly beautiful club and, and the staff and the team down there has just been so uh, encouraging and welcoming to us. So that'll be happening on September 23rd. Uh, by popular demand, we have extended it by 30 minutes this year. So we're actually starting <laughs> cocktail hour 30 minutes earlier. So it'll be 6.30 start. We'll go until about 11 p.m. We've got a live five-piece band, uh, music and dancing, of course, wow. uh, seated three-course meal, uh, premium open bar for the entire evening and some incredible uh, speakers, guests of honor, uh, We'll be hearing from, you know, Gwinnett County Chairman Nicole of Hendrickson in the past. Congresswoman mm-hmm. Carolyn Bordeaux has, has, has spoken and supported us. Um, we've, of course, got congratulatory letters from, you know, again, senators, Congresswoman Lucy McBath, uh, Governor Kemp, the First Lady, all those folks from here in the state of Georgia. Uh, but we also get to honor and highlight uh, amazing educators who are doing 
incredible work uh, in their classrooms with Preface and in their communities every single year. And so this year it's uh, Alicia Butler. She's a, a mentoring coordinator at Gwinnett County Public Schools mm-hmm. on the elementary school side. She's been an incredible partner for us and we're really excited to be hosting her. And we'll also have keynote remarks uh, and we'll be giving an award to someone I think we probably all know in this room, uh, the Community Foundation of Northeast Georgia's CEO, DePriest Wadi. So mm-hmm. he's an incredible mentor and friend and has been a great supporter of Preface and we couldn't be more excited to be having him and, and hearing his thoughts about the next generation. People might be familiar with Randy Redner, and yes. he was his successor. Friend. Yes, absolutely. And Randy, yes. great again, a great friend. I mean, gosh, the, the we'll number of times there, yeah. that I bothered him about this this idea when it was in the earliest stages um, is probably incalculable. <laughs> hey, Randy's uh, a good friend to have in the nonprofit world. He I'll is, tell you, he, he very knows knowledgeable. His stuff. He's he's a great guy. I have to just brag on you guys because I know the <laughs> amount of work that actually goes into coordinating and planning this wonderful event is outrageous. And I know JT well and have known him for years. <laughs> and he goes into this like event planning mode. It's like just one target, one mission. And you do a fantastic job year over Thank year. Thank you all. Thank you. Yeah, no, I mean, obviously we would, I would, we would be lost without the incredible team that, that we have. It is. Here it's at a Preface. team. It takes a village. It and does. Um, and I try to, you know, I, I, I put them in and I try to embarrass them as much as possible as well, whenever they'll let me. So um, <laughs> well, you'll be able to see more of that on Saturday. Yeah. <laughs> Before we wrap up, you guys, I do just want to give you a moment to thank those who are contributors and who continue to support you year over year through the sponsorships. Absolutely. Again, I think our, our corporate institutional and, and even individual sponsors have just been so fantastic to us, you know, ever since our inception, even through today. So as you mentioned, Earth Baby is our presenting sponsor this year, as they have been for the last several years, and we're incredibly grateful uh, for their support. Uh, we've also got a, a wide range of mission and media partners as well. You know, Univision, we actually just had one of our Spanish-speaking uh, expert national advisors uh, do an interview on Univision to, to share about the work that we're doing within the Spanish-language-speaking community in particular. Fantastic. And so uh, we're grateful to have their support. Uh, certain family foundations, absolutely. Um, you know, Hyatt Hotels has been mm-hmm. a great partner of ours this year as well. And, you know, all the way down, Renaissance Bank is an incredible financial sponsor of ours. Um, they have been for a number of years. And really just the list could go on and on, I think. You know, I think from our perspective, it's a cliche, but it does take a village. And so, you know, no matter what size your business is, no matter where you are in the country, uh, there's a there's a really solid chance that you've got young kiddos in your community who could use uh, some additional assistance from a literacy perspective. And for all of us at Preface, we would love to be a part of that uh, in your journey with you. And again, for those of you listening, visit www.prefaceproject.org to learn how you can contribute. Year over year, you successfully raise six figures. That is amazing. Absolutely. So would it be appropriate to say that we're shooting for... From engaging with teachers and students to, to fostering these relationships wherever we can, both at the individual and corporate levels. We're super grateful for the, the folks that are going to be coming out to the gala, for the folks that will be sponsoring and supporting us virtually and, and online as well. We'll have a live stream link on Facebook and, and all of that. So, Oh, yes. Be careful if you're just standing at the bar and picking your <laughs> nose because you might be on the live stream and you don't know it. That's right. That's exactly. Exactly. We'll try to edit that one out, too. But, um, you know, I think we would love uh, to, to surpass uh, the financial goal and and the projections that we've had for ourselves over the last couple of years and our donors and our incredible sponsors have always stepped up to the plate and and just continued to give uh, and be generous with us uh, Mm. out of their hearts. So we're excited about a great event this year. Uh, Can't wait to see what the future has in store and we're really excited to host you as well. Oh, thank you for inviting me uh, again. And I love partnering with you guys and amplifying uh, the voice of your mission. Thank you so much for having us. This is a 
just something that's so important to us. Its cause is really, really near and dear to us, and hopefully it's near and dear to some of you listeners out there as well. Yes, and for those of you listening who would like to enjoy this episode, you can listen anywhere that you enjoy your audio shows, and you can always listen 24-7 at businessradiox.com. And thank you for joining us on this special episode of Forsyth Business Radio. I am your host, Amanda Peerch Marmalejo, and I would love to connect with you on LinkedIn. Amanda, P-E-A-R-C-H-M-A-R-M-O-L-E-J-O. For our guests today, the Director of Educational Standards, Heather Phillips, and the Founder and Executive Director of Preface Project, Mr. J.T. Wu, this has been Forsyth Business Radio on Business Radio X. Remember, if you'd like to learn more about the Preface Project or you'd like to participate or contribute, please visit www.prefaceproject.org. 